Great ball in towards Tony, who's just on the stretch. Will it fall here for Visa? He's got there! He's got there! He has done what he was sent on to do! The substitute has come up with a big goal! And for the second time in this match, Brentford bounce back! Lingard back to De Gea, he's left it short. Here's the chance. Oh, it's a terrible end to the match! Sivacu with the goal, it's a winning goal for young boys, and look at the celebrations of Manchester United, who have defended so stoutly, have given it away right at the end. So well tonight. Another long distance effort again from City. Here's Messi. Good titter patter stride of Lionel Messi. It looks such back to him. for Lanzini and they deserve that fast off the box West Ham United trying to put Sunday behind them and they've certainly merited taking the lead gets up the top of the back four Mikayo Saka Arsenal who have looked busy and purposeful and structured get a goal to show for that in the 12th minute, Emil Smith Rowe arrived at pace on the scene and tucked it away. Oh,
Welcome to the St. Martin's Football Show. On today's show, we'll be looking back to latest action from the Premier League and EFL. As normal, I'll be joined by the normal trio of Lloyd Bounds, Max Noon and Travis' massive moan about Man United and some relief for him that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was sacked as well as Cardiff finally winning this week is Alex Daisley as well. But we'll start off with a proper d- division that Cardiff won't know about, which is the Premier League. Um, at the minute, and Chelsea uh, won the first game away at Leicester 3-0, Antonio Rudiger and the goal on Kante was a brilliant strike, and Christian Pulisic on his return from injury with the goals there to send Chelsea at the time six points clear of Man City, and obviously we said how much, and uh, to be fair to Alex you said it start season, Alex, you think Chelsea would win it, and they're definitely looking like um, the favourites at the minute, especially the form um, and obviously players coming back from injury and they have got massive squad depth as well. So it is looking like Chelsea are probably the favourites for most um, people at the minute in this time of the season. Then moving on to the three o'clock games, Aston Villa beat Brighton 2-0. Steven Gerrard's first game as manager saw two late goals from Molly Watkins and Tyrone Mings. In the last 10 minutes, Watkins with a goal in the 84th minute and Mings a goal in the 89th minute as well. Ashley Young, former United player, with the assist there. Starting off with you, Max. Steven Gerrard, obviously, appointed last week as Aston Villa manager, obviously, after sacking Dean Smith, who went to Norwich. And we'll talk about that later. But good appointment because, obviously, he's been up in Scotland. He's done really well, um, especially last season, winning uh, Rangers the league. Done really well in Europe. Okay, this season it hasn't been as dominant in Scotland as it has been in the past few seasons for him. But we probably all know that if he does well, he's going to take over from Klopp at Liverpool. So good move uh, via the Midlands for Stephen Gerrard. Well, do you think it's quite a controversial move, actually? I think there's been less agreement on it. Um, and I think maybe what you could argue is that for Aston Villa, maybe it isn't the best move because. I mean, at the end of the day, there is kind of that idea, like you said, that he will just move on eventually. And obviously from Klopp, I mean, Klopp will be there for what, I don't know, another three or four years. So, I mean, you do have some time with, with him. Um, and I think maybe the other, the other argument was whether it would be easier to, to have just gone straight from straight to Liverpool from Rangers. But no, I think, personally, I think it is a very, very good move. And obviously getting experience in the Premier League if you obviously want to coach Liverpool. And I think, obviously, he's responded to that, saying that, obviously, he's got his, his eyes on Villa and focusing on Villa at the moment, which is good to hear. But, you know, I think it is a good move, you know, for Aston Villa getting, you know, from what we've seen so far, uh, you know, for only from one performance, but, you know, at Rangers as well. Um, a good coach, I think, uh, and especially a coach who commands respect and obviously shows a lot of, a lot of passion and desire. Lots of these... These things are obviously quite a good sign uh, for Aston Villa. Um, uh, and I think in terms of the experience that, that Stephen Gerrard can get, gain from the job, it should be good for, for him as well. So, yeah, no, I think personally, I think it's a good, a good move. Though I think there, there are certainly criticisms of it. Um, maybe perhaps like obviously leaving Rangers mid-season. You know, some people maybe do that as a bit disrespectful. I don't really know. But yeah, b- besides, you know, all of those things, I think it's, it is quite a good move. And I think he's only the third Aston Villa manager to start off with a win in his opening game um, as well. So a brilliant start for Stephen Gerrard at Aston Villa as well. Um, obviously, a lot of goals there was on Saturday and they, they continued in the other three o'clock games, including at Turf Moor, where Burnley drew 3-3 with Crystal Palace. Ben Mee, um 
Chris Wood with his 50th golf uh, in the Premier League as well, and Maxwell Cornet, um, who is what five in six now, um, the first player for Burnley to do that as well. And Christian Benteke, who's been on brilliant form for Crystal Palace and for Belgium during the international break, uh, had two goals there, and Mark Gray with the goals um, at Turf Moor. As well, and I think in the first half, it was the first Premier League game to see more than five uh, goals scored in the first half since Man United were 4 1 up against Leeds back in December 2020. So, a really entertaining game there. It was a really entertaining game at St James's Park as well, actually. It finished 3 3 between Newcastle and Brentford. Jamal Lascelles, their captain, scoring after 10 minutes. Joel Linton. And Alan St. Maximum with the goals for Newcastle Live and Tony Rico Henry and an own goal from Jamal Lascelles was enough for Brentford to get um, the point as well. Ivan Tony's equaliser, which obviously comes 75 seconds after, it means he's the 50th Premier League uh, goal for Newcastle have conceded via players that once represented them in the Premier League as well, the most by any side. As well, but the main talking point was obviously another managerial change during the international break, and I was Eddie Howe going to Newcastle, the first manager under the new ownership as well. He wasn't able to be on the sidelines though after testing positive for COVID-19. So Jason Tindall and Graham Jones, their assistant managers, took over as well. And because of government guidelines, which obviously say you've got to isolate for 10 days, he won't be on the sideline for the Arsenal game um, next weekend as well. But Alex, starting with you, you've always liked Eddie Howe for obviously what he's done at Bournemouth and you said he should get a big job. Is this a good enough move for him considering the money he will have obviously we all know Newcastle are in a relegation battle first before we talk about all their money but is this a right move for him well I think any move in the premiership is obviously a good move for most managers and obviously the first to admit that so to get a, a, a Newcastle a massive club even before all their money came in which is a good opportunity but he's got he's gonna have a big big job keeping him up I think and I think that's that's the worry you've got to have if you're a Newcastle fan is the fact that You've got a team like Norwich who probably people were saying they're going to beat Derby's record for the least number of points and Newcastle actually below them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's frightening. And the Premiership is turning. Like, i I got to say, you know, obviously I'm an EFL fan, but the Premiership this year has been really exciting and I, I really am enjoying it. And, you know, I, like I said to you, I think Brentford are going to go down. I still think they're going to go down because if you look at all the teams yeah. that have... Yes, because if you look at all the teams that have changed their minds, all that strength they've got, you know, your village and Norwich, they could have something now bringing in new managers and this this is what it does. So a for me as a neutral say, sorry, go on. No, as a neutral, I'm really, really enjoying it. But I, no, I, I I thought they might have got out of it. But I look at this some of the fixtures coming up, I I think Brentford are going to be dragged into it, definitely because I think Newcastle will improve. <clears throat> Norwich have improved, um, no doubt. Burnley tend to always pick up after Christmas for whatever reason. So I'm not saying they're going to go down, but I think they will be dragged into it like I thought they would, you know? Yeah, and I also think that, obviously, on the topic of Brentford, I wouldn't say they've been figured out, but I think teams are, you know, they, they're coming into a maybe a, a poor patch of form, and I think teams are maybe a little bit more yeah. aware of them and able to play against them a little bit better. Definitely good point. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I think you're right. And I, I just think they're going to be dragged into it. I'm not saying they're going to come down because I think it's going to be, again, it's going to be tight at the bottom. I think it's going to be tight at the top between the top three. So you could end up with a really good a good season to come at the moment. You know, I don't want, hope I'm not jinxing it. But it's could, been... be tight, it could be tight for the top four places, huh? No, no, that'll be between Spurs and Arsenal and no one else. So don't worry about that. <laughs> Fair enough on um, that point as well. Then on the other managerial watch of the weekend, 
his son, Norwich's new manager, Dean Smith, what, only a week after he got sacked by Aston Villa, come back into management after the sacking of Daniel Farker. And he won his first game, funny enough, as well. That was despite Shea Adams putting Southampton ahead after four minutes. Another player that had a brilliant international break for Scotland as well, getting off the mark for Southampton. Then Timu Puki scoring after seven minutes before Grant Hanley scoring his first Premier League goal since 2012 when he did it for Blackburn against Man United. And it turned out to be the winner as well. Max Ahrens and a, a brilliant Billy Gilmore who hasn't really been playing well so far this season for Norwich as well, like a lot of players, but has really performed um, this weekend as well. Adam Armstrong with the goal uh, assist for Southampton. But Lloyd, Dean Smith... Good appointment for Norwich, and can he keep him up? Well, yeah, I think I think he's definitely a good appointment. Like you look at it, he's gone from Villa, who like literally finished like mid table last year, and he's gone to Norwich, and it definitely must have been improvement. And well, they're looking good so far. Like I know it's only been the been the one game, but like you actually come to win, which normally they don't really do very often. Like picking up wins against their teams like Southampton, he was in that bomb half. Like that's the most crucial thing with staying up. Like you see how much closer it's already put him to getting out of that relegation zone. I think as well with that Dean Smith. I was I was watching an interview like John Terry area, and he said about like how good his man management is. Like I think he said that he's like the best man manager he's, he's ever seen in the industry. And then he, he, he like he said all the players like love him as well. And he said uh, he should have got longer Villa. So I think I think he'll really fit in at Norwich. And I think he'll give him a, like, the best chance of staying up there anyone will. And obviously, before he went to Villa, he did a brilliant job with Brentford as well, part of their processing um, before Thomas Frank uh, come in to go up as well. So Norwich definitely back on the up now. So it is going to be really exciting in the relegation um, battle as well. Obviously, not if you want to the supporting teams as well but as a, a neutral and um, someone looking in at relegation zone you know Man United might be dragged into it in a few weeks time but hopefully not but it did I don't know what to say in the next game at Vicarage Road between Watford and Man United it finished Watford 4 Man United 1 um <laughs> Despite Watford missing two penalties, two amazing saves from David De Gea. Obviously, the first one was a save from Sarri. It had to be retaken because of players going in the box. Well, I think it was Juan Bissaka and Firmino who scored, but he was inside the box. So Sarri took it, and it was just as bad as the first penalty, really. But he did get on the score sheet in the end. Josh King put Watford ahead after 28 minutes, an ex-Man United player. Then Saar just before half-time, double Watford lead. Before Donny van der Beek coming off the bench and scoring for Man United in the 50th minute. Um, it all went downhill from there when Harry Maguire was shown a yellow card in the 62nd minute, seven minutes later before getting a, a second one for a stupid uh, foul again. Then Yao Pedro on his return uh, from injury for Watford, scoring in the 92nd minute. And Emmanuel Dennis wrapping it up in the 96th minute to get Watford the win. Emmanuel Dennis with two assists, Kiko Firmino with one. Ben Foster, surprisingly, the cycling goalkeeper with one. And Ronaldo's assist for um, Man United as well. And before we talk about the performance and obviously the sacking, some of the stats, I suppose we have got to read out. It was Man United's biggest league defeat against any promotion side since September 1989 when they lost 5-1 against Man City at Main Road. Alex probably remember that. 
Um, for Man United as well, they've also conceded 29 goals in all competitions this season. Only Norwich and Leicester with 30 have conceded more as well. And this is the first time Harry Maguire was sent off in his Man United career in his 121st appearance. Um, as well, it did lead to the sacking of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at half 10 on Sunday morning as well. Obviously, after a board meeting that was scheduled at 7pm. Um, a virtual board meeting between obviously the owners in America and the board members over in the UK as well. But before we talk about the Oli Gunnar Solskjaer sacking, Alex, uh, I, I don't I don't know what to say myself about the performance. So I know you're probably going to slaughter him, but forget about Oli Gunnar Solskjaer being sacked purely on the performance. What have you got to say? Embarrassing, <coughs> you know, for a club like Man United. Um, I'm sorry. I think Bruno Fernandes is an absolute disgrace for what he did at the end. Absolute disgrace. Why? Blame the players. Well, so, sorry, Bruno. Only because you want an easy life. You, you don't want to sack your manager. I've seen some of the messages pouring out from these Man United players and they, they need sticking with a wire brush some of these players. They should never play for Man United again. And I say Maguire, Wan-Bissaka, um, Fernandes. Don't blame the manager. Blame us. What, because you want an easy life, Bruno? Because you don't want to train properly and run through a brick wall for Man United, which every Man United player should be doing. Disgraceful. Just shows what a loser he is. And if he's your best player, well, you ain't going to win diddly squat because it's an embarrassment. Maguire, oh, well done, boss. I love you. You signed me. I agree. You want an easy life, Maguire? Do one. Wambasaka, do one. You're a bunch of embarrassment. And if you don't get Roy Keane in there to shake these players to their bones, there is something wrong. United have gone soft. They're an embarrassment to football. The whole lot of them. The only one that's got any... I'd say two players this year come up with any dignity is the keeper, which shows how bad Man United are, and Ronaldo. The rest of them are an absolute disgrace to football. Not professional. They're not good. They're not bad. No one minds you having a bad patch, but put a tackle in. Do something. You're embarrassing. If you watch that on... If you were like a little kid, just, you know, 10 years old, watched my first football match, you would have thought, what, we were like a world beater in the first half. I've, I've never seen such a disgraceful in it performance in my life from Man United, in my life. I'm sorry, the whole players, the whole club needs shaking up from top to bottom. You are an absolute embarrassment. I think there's 19 clubs in the Premiership that can hold their head up higher than Man United can. At the moment, they are, you are an absolute national disgrace. And that's not coming from a Man United fan, that's coming from a Liverpool fan. You're a disgrace. And if it's not sorted out, you, you're going to lose your, 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 your big club stature because you don't deserve it. You're a disgrace. Absolute disgrace. You're going to lose big club stature. I, I don't know. I, well, you, you say that, but no. you, can't, you, you, you think Man no. City haven't got it, but they are. They're a massive club. Chelsea are a massive club. Arsenal are a massive club. You know, you, yeah, but Arsenal have been going through a rough spell, yeah, and they have lost and you, and, They're never going to lose it, are they? No, but I don't just, think... That's a silly No, thing. yeah, all right, yeah, but you're a disgrace. The whole club is a disgrace. If if, if you think it's acceptable, you're living in Kaukukulan, you really are. The place has gone soft. All you're going to saw, so I couldn't manage a trifle. And that's proven that with Cardiff, the worst Cardiff City manager ever to take hold of the club, from absolute disgraceful money wasted, Taking us down from nearly 19th position in the, in the Premiership to 19th position in the Championship. The guy is a complete and utter clown. And to go on TV and cry makes him even more of a clown. 
and all these idiots come out saying, oh, he's a nice bloke, he's this, that, and the other. It just shows how a weak, weak spine you've got in that club. And it shows that Ronaldo is not going to get on with these players because they're a waste of space, 99% of them, a waste of space. You know, the, the ability these these players so-called got, Fernandez. oh, yeah, he's great, he's great. Honestly, he, he's a disgrace. And if he doesn't start pulling his spring out, you wouldn't even get in the Man United team. You point, you said he was at, I think, the end of last year, you said he was the best player in the Premier League. Oh, on form. You can't, that doesn't last forever. You can change your opinion on someone just because bringing Winston Churchill was in charge in the war. You don't bring him back, do you? He was a good Prime Minister then. He doesn't last forever because he gets praise. He was on form for the best player, but now he's an absolute disgrace. I wonder why that is, because he's not training properly. Because Ronaldo probably upset him by saying, Bruno, you're a waste of space. And that's the problem. And you, you were Harry Maguire out partying on Saturday night. I haven't got a problem with that. If I was Pogba, he'd be lynched by you idiotic Man United fans. Lynched. But because it's Maguire, I oh, don't say nothing. It's, you're, the, you're the biggest joke on and off the pitch I have ever seen. And I, you know what I mean? I, I just don't know where you go from here. I think you're a clueless club. You're being run like a um, a Premier League club, like a you know Vauxhall Conference Major League club. Because how can you wait two weeks from one game, then get rid of him, and then think, oh, we could have got Conte. Oh no, sorry, he's gone to a bigger, better club than you. Sorry, it's just it's laughable. It is laughable. The performances I've seen from United this year are laughable. You know, I think Barcelona are in a better position than you, and they've lost half their players. I, I, I don't think you realise how bad Man United are. Look at it, you just don't realise how bad they are. You're not, you haven't got one positive other than Ronaldo. And everyone's saying he shouldn't be in the team. <laughs> Blinking heck, if he wasn't in your team, he'd be in like, what, 19th now? He'd be below Norwich. I, 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 just, I just don't know what to say. I, I, it's laughable. It is laughable. I, I honestly think you are the Liverpool of the, of, of the, the 90s, 2000s and 2001. And I think you've dropped down further than any club in the top half will drop down. Disgrace. Absolute disgrace. The club has got no backbone. It's gone soft. No, you are. 100% worse than Arsenal. 100% worse than Arsenal. Because you've dropped a lot further and you haven't done anything about it. At least, re- at least Arsenal try. You can see where they're going. They're building with their youngsters looking pretty good. You know, they've they got vision there as a club and a and a team. You haven't got vision as a club or a team. I, I honestly don't know what positive you could bring out other than you've got the biggest stadium in the league. I think that's the only positive you've got in the whole start of this champ- season. You, if, you know, you've got to t- try and turn it around, but I, I think if players are on easy street, I, I don't know if you couldn't. You can turn it around now. I don't know. You might have left it too late. You know, Michael Carrick, you having a laugh. Michael Carrick. Yeah, yeah, hang on a minute. We'll, we'll get on to Manjiva's situation. I just... On the performance on Saturday, I don't know what to say. It's, it's just disgraceful. And watching it back, it was, I, I literally don't know what to say. As I think David Hayer said after to um, to the BBC on Match of the Day, he said it was embarrassing and another nightmare. He said, we don't know what to do with the ball. Um, and he, lo- he looked fuming, obviously. He's been yeah. good this year, De Gea. Yeah, yeah, He's been good. But that's a worry, because like you said, when Cardiff in the Premiership, the two seasons, Marshall was our best player in the first season, Etheridge was our best season in the second, because we're down the bottom. So you expect the keepers to be your best team players, don't you? You know, that's, yeah. But you don't expect Man United, but he's possibly, other than Ronaldo, being, being your standout player. You know, and that's, I also think it takes then the kind of thing, obviously saying stuff like that in an interview afterwards, takes a level of courage, and I think that 
that is worthy of some respect. Definitely, hundred percent agree. Yeah, hundred percent. But you said about Bruno Fernandez doing what he did, and obviously Ali Gunnar Social held his hands up and apologised. So why why are you having a go at Bruno Fernandez for doing that? The reason I'm having a go at that is it's a double edged sword. With that yes, you've got to look at the players. But to me, what he was trying to do was protect the manager because he was he's acceptable don't think he for was. an easy I life. Think he was accepting. But he, and a he lot was. Of players have been. Well, that's, okay, they, might, might, be they right. might not be playing for him, but I think they have accepted the fact that they have been awful this season. But they, they can't accept that because Man United and the top draw players. You can't accept. No, but I, just... I think the play, the players have realised now how bad we have been this season. No, I, I, I don't yeah, agree. Okay. We don't know what goes on behind the scenes. They, well, they might not be playing. I'll, I'll just us. read something. I'll just read something from the Spurs player Regalon, yeah? Now, I don't know how true this is because obviously it's social media. I don't know. Last week was the toughest week I have ever experienced in football. Conte had us training three times a day after the international break. We could have dropped. I've never seen intensity like it, right? Now, regardless of what they've gone to, what... what now, Man United, Fernandes was saying, oh, don't sack him, blame us, because we want an easy life. We want to go out the pop tonight. We want to have a laugh. No, That's what I'm trying to say. He shouldn't have been doing I'm not saying it wasn't, you don't have a go at the players as well. Of course you do. It's a blame as well, obviously. But come on, he was just protecting his easy life. He doesn't want someone to come in, like Roy Keane, who's probably going to lose his rag, or like Zinazine Zidane, who is supposed to be a bit of a nasty character, you know? And this is what I think he's doing. He's protecting his cushy life, and that's not, what you need at Man United. I don't think Roy Keane would have done that, in my opinion. I might be wrong, but that's what that's what I think. But you said about the international break as well. And I, I personally think that we've been let off for this because not a lot of people have been saying this, but Oli Gunnar Solskjaer did go back to Norway to see his family, which is fair enough. But a lot of the players that weren't on international break, and there were a few, were just at home having a week off. So, well, there yeah. you go. There's, there's, there's a lot as well. But as I said, on Sunday morning, there was loads of reports in the papers on Saturday night um, that he was going to be sacked. And then at 10.30 on Sunday, it was confirmed that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was sacked as manager. Man United released a statement um, with a basically saying it's with regret we have reached this um, decision as well. As Alex just said there, the first team coach, Michael Carrick, obviously, Another ex-United player, brilliant player as well. Um, he's in temporary charge for our Villarreal game tomorrow in the Champions League and probably Chelsea um, next week as well. Darren Fletcher, there was some talk of him possibly taking over. He's going to stay on as the technical director. And uh, Mike Phelan and Kieran McKenna, who's part of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's team, are still going to be there. Um as well, obviously, we'll talk about the possible replacements, but you look at the, the spell that Oli had at Man United. Yes, he didn't win any trophies. He reached one final, which was a, a Europa League defeat to Villarreal in the summer um, on penalties. He's obviously gone out of semi-final stage. He got us to second. So I don't think he's done a bad job. You have a look at the players and, yes, the money he has spent. These are the players he's bought in. He bought Dan James in for Swansea for £15 million. Wan-Bissaka in from Crystal Palace for 50 High Maguire, obviously, is the most expensive signing. He's bought in from Leicester for £80 million. Bruno Fernandes, £47 million from Lisbon. Donny van der Beek cost £35 million from Ajax. 
Alex Tellez only cost 13.6 million from Porto. Cavani was obviously a free because he was a free agent. He brought in um, Facando Pelisteri, youngster for the future, for 9 million from Penaral. Uh, Ahmed Diallo, who obviously joined, they brought him in the summer, but joined in January this year, joined from Atalanta for 19 million. And then this summer, Sancho obviously joined 73 million from Dortmund, ran for 34 million from Madrid. And obviously the main man, Cristiano Ronaldo, signing for 12.85 million from Juventus as well. So, so he has spent a lot of money there. But Alex, is there any positives that he's done? He hasn't done. As he here's a question, you'll say no because he hasn't won a trophy. Has he left Man United in a better state than he was when he came in? Uh, no, I think he left him in a much worse state. Because I think I think the players are in, all over the shop. I think in shambles. And I don't know what positives you. If you want to take a positive out of it, I, he's a nice guy. Yeah, I can't disagree with him being a nice guy because he is. But I think he's left you in a shambles. And I think he's left you in a much, much worse state than Moyes left you in, than Mourinho left you in, than Van der Gaal left you in. I think he's totally, totally messed you up. And I think it's going to take a long, long time to make the right appointment to, to fix this. I think he's left you in a real, real bad place, in my opinion. Reflecting on his time at Man United, are you going to cut him some slack because no. you have been awful harsh to him? Probably because he failed at Cardiff. So you're going to give him no, some. No, he didn't fail. He was abysmal. He didn't just fail. He spent I don't over think 48 he was million. Worst Cardiff quid. manager, was he? There is not. There is not a manager that spent that amount of money. Brought in 19 players who all left after a couple of months. We were we were literally down the freight of going down. Slade took over that squad. The most boring football you've ever seen in your life. But he put us up to seven. Yeah, but people were no, going, he put us like, up to seven. I don't care. I remember people going to Cardiff. I don't the care. Pitch. I don't care. He got us from 19th up to seventh with a scream squad that already put us in 19th. The guy is an absolute clown. He couldn't manage a packet of Chrisley on. And then, until you admit that, you he's just clutching at straws. He is the worst manager at the Cardiff City you've ever had in the 147-year history. There is no one worse. There is no one as bad as he has had. Because yet again, the same thing happened with Cardiff. I remember we were 2-0 up against Norwich, September time. We were really giving Norwich a good going over. Half-time, the players came out after set. They looked absolutely shattered. Norwich scored four goals without reply because the players remember, weren't fit. Yeah. Because the guy is an absolute embarrassment. And until you admit this, you, he, he's, ne- he's done nothing and he'll never will. He'll do well for Molde, no doubt. Or some other team in the Fair Wilds when he, he got did, 10. He did say, which was a bit strange in a way, he come out straight away and did an interview with Man United TV. And yeah, he was very tearful on it. So obviously it is emotional for him because he's a legend of the club and such loves the club obviously so much as well. But he did say that he is going back to Norway to spend time with his family. And then he did say that he has the football management. He thinks he's the right man. He's a good manager. And he said he will be back. So could we see him back in England, Alex? <laughs> well, if we do, I hope he goes to Swansea. Because it'll be cl- that's the only pl- club I want to go. Because whatever, <laughs> whatever club he goes to, he is wrecking. He's like a wrecking ball. Because it doesn't really matter. He couldn't manage in the Vauxhall Conference for me, never mind the Premier League. So, uh, yeah, bring it on, Peter to see. I'd bless but, the fans now with whatever club he goes to. <laughs> but what, if I remember rightly, it obviously ended up off with Watford losing 4-1. But what was his first game in charge of Man United? Yeah, he'd be Cardiff City 5-1. Well done, Five you know. Money, 
let's be fair, Preston beat us 7 0 the other week. Did they? QPR beat us 8. So it's not. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not I just, I just wanted to make the point that the first result was a no, That's his biggest achievement. That's the biggest high yard of all time. The way Leon well, talks it. about it. It sounds like. But Lloyd, you know what? Starfield Lloyd. Your time of volley going to so shovel your overall thoughts on him. I, re- I really wish he just gave me a little bit longer, like maybe until the game at like at the start of December. I, I really wish you would have done that. I, I, I wish Watford just sat back a bit. Like I reckon, I reckon if Watford were in that 2 1, you don't sat. <laughs> Matt, are you going to so What are you? I think, well, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot to say, and I think I don't want to talk for too long, but. You know, of all of the things, um, I mean, I think lots of the signings were quite poor. I don't know if those were down to him or, or who they were down to. I think, you know, you, a good, a large part of why the, you could argue, and I think personally, I think that it's true that the squad is in a worse position now, is that I think lots of the signings have kind of been uh, miscalculations and it has created quite a, quite an imbalanced squad um, and obviously a squad that is very, very expensive. So, Trying to sign more players now is going to be very, very difficult to do. Um, and also, I think a, a large part of what you know, I think uh, a manager, former player um, coming in is it, supposed to do is kind of return that, that sort of identity, that Man United identity, back to to the team. And I think we see that, you know, with uh, specifically you know like Ch- Xavi coming in at Barcelona is to try to re-instill that identity. And I think that he kind of did the opposite now. The, there's kind of no identity to that squad. There's nothing you can really point out that is recognisable for, for for Man United. So, yeah, I do really feel that it. W- I mean, I think if you if it lasted for a season or a season, you know, and a half, or, and and in you know, uh, I think in the summer if you picked up a a new manager, it, you know, it maybe could have could have uh, had a new job and his reputation would have would have been, um, I think, a lot better. But you know, leaving the way he has now, you you have to say that uh, it's very going to be quite difficult for for him to pick up another job. Um, and I think you know he's maybe possible possible that he could return to management with a better backroom staff that that could help him tactically and, and with the training. Um, because I think obviously from the impression that I got was that he didn't really have uh, as much a, an input on the training and. And the, the the kind of intricate elements, the tactics, and he's kind of the the man manager that oversaw it a bit. And I think it was similar with Ferguson to an extent, but obviously, I mean, quite different quality managers. So I think you know, with a with a better backroom staff, he could retain a better manager. But because of the reputation and how it's been damaged uh, of Oli, I think that kind of that kind of man management element, that kind of overseer of the squad, the kind of style of management that he has is going to be harder because he'll command less respect from from players of a squad that he takes over. So, yeah, it's quite a difficult situation. Um, And yeah, personally, I feel that if you would have maybe gotten a new manager after uh, Mourinho or something like that, you probably would have had an easier job in in kind of rebuilding the squad than if you do now with the kind of squad that is quite bloated financially in terms of the wages um, and they're quite imbalanced as well uh, uh, I think it'd be quite a hard job I mean I don't really see what where you go now and I do kind of hope for Pochettino's sake that he doesn't take the job we'll talk about him at the minute as well so Alex I said quickly on the last point 
um, Donny van der Beek was the last goal scorer of the Ollie Reign, which is a bit poetic, really, um, as well. His first game was obviously Cardiff. Do you think you can name the first goal scorer under his reign? Can you remember? It was either Pogba, Lingard. Pogba or... didn't score that day. He got two assists. Got two... Lingard was it? No. No, he scored twice. Martial scored one, and whoever scored one. And Rashford was it? Rashford no? is correct. Rashford. And do you know, remember who scored the Cardiff goal? A penalty. Yeah, what's his name? Um, oh, the guy. I can't even think of his name now. Um, oh, I can't think of his name. Yeah, he was a good player, but I can't think of his name. Victor Camarasa. <laughs> That's it, Camarasa. <laughs> Do you remember that great day that? Yeah, well, as I said, that, that was his high point. His only high point, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens now. We're moving on to the targets and the favourites for the early job. Obviously, bear with me, there has been a lot. Zidane Saddam was the bookmaker's favourite to take over as well. There have been several reports that he's rejected the chance to become United's manager and he doesn't really want to come to the Premier League. Obviously, he didn't come as a player. He rejected a few moves as well, but he could take over at Paris Saint-Germain if Mauricio Pochettino leaves as well. I'm going to talk about him in a minute, but Man United did say in a statement, an interim manager, um, some of the names that have been banded down his ex-manager, his ex-player, Laurent Blanc, obviously been linked before when Ollie was um, first, well, put in interim charge as well. Um, you look at some of the others, obviously Michael Carrick might be to the end of the season as well. I think the Athletic reported it today that Steve Bruce, obviously sat by Newcastle, could take over to the end of the season um, as well. Obviously, Wayne Rooney was asked yesterday about whether or not he would take the job, but he said how he's committed to, to Derby County as well. But you have a look long term of the real targets as well. Obviously, Mauricio Pochettino probably is Man United's number one target now, and the Ajax manager Eric Den Haag is probably going to be second. I think um, Ronaldo said he wanted Luis Enrique, the current Spain manager, to take over as well. But apparently he said he doesn't want to um, do it as well. Brendan Rodgers is obviously being linked. I think he's got an 8 million release clause um, as well. I think did see something from the Manchester Evening News that said about Julian Lopetegui, um, how possibly um, Nuno Mendes, the, his agent, could possibly get him there as well, and as you said about Zidane um, and a few others, and Dan Hag and, and Brendan Rodgers are the main contenders. But Alex, your opinion: Who's the right man to take over at Man United now? Zidane, number one. Roy Keane, number two. Just, j- j- just for the put the piss, no the he'll train him. I, I thought I don't follow Potter's career, but I thought he he'd struggled a bit with PSG, but he hasn't, as you say, he's done quite well. So yeah, he's a good manager. He's got him fifteen points clear at the top of the French league, and he, they're um, top. Of the but why would you? No disrespect. Why would you leave a squad with like the well, squad he, he's got there to go he, to Man United? You say this. I think he said this morning. He's just, obviously it would be a lot of people, including myself, would couldn't, think. Couldn't he have gone there from but, Spurs? Didn't he? Didn't he? Didn't he? Could well, he get yeah, off? Yeah, but. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think PSG let him. Now, probably right. if Brendan Rodgers' his release clause is 8 million, his might be close to 20 million right. as well. And I told you the stat earlier that we spent 38 million on sacking since Sir Alex Ferguson left, which is obviously a lot of money as well. But I think he said that he's ready to quit PSG now. Um, he's unhappy in Paris and his family is still based in London, so it could be another right. factor. And you have yeah. a look at the football. 
he's attractive football, so he suits Man United. No, he's, way. He's a, yeah, I quite like him as a manager. I quite <laughs> like him as a as a personality, but I just I didn't think he would leave PSG. I know Man United are a huge club, but PSG have got, and I've got some players there. So, but I I I just I find it bizarre with Zidane why he wouldn't come. I think Zidane and Roy Keane would be fantastic because I think they just got to shape him up, and really I think that's what they need. Not, not yeah, long term, not long term. No, just just to sort of snap them into this easy life they've got snap them out of this easy life because I think that's what they've got at the moment I think Man United have got easy life they're not training much they're not obviously putting much effort in training which I think people like Zidane and Roy Keane are not going to accept they just need a bit of a shake you know the professional players they need to just to kick up the backside like most professional players will take on board and I just think that Roy Keane will probably perhaps snap out some of the people who are perhaps not going in for 50-50s in training not training properly things like that because he is a professional in that respect. I don't think he's like, he'll ever make a top manager for United, but I think as an assistant or even a, like a, what they call, like not even an assistant coach, but on, on the on the bench, I think someone like yeah. that for now, he does, no matter what you think of him, he does live and breathe Man United and I think you need a nasty person in now to sort of shake him up a bit because we all know Man United got a good squad, a very good squad. So it's not as if, you know, I agree 100% with Max, it is a bit unbalanced, but they still got some good players in that squad World Cup winners and you know so I think you need someone to just to snap him out of it and I think Zidane is, is the man and I think Roy Keane could do good do well just for an interim period if he's till the end of the season Before I say my views Lloyd Max something you Max who should take over at Man United of the targets <laughs> I named there Well the targets there, the thing is with Pochettino is it would kind of hurt a little bit to be honest with you. And obviously I'm happy with Conte as it, as it stands, but Pochettino has, you know, come out and said that he wouldn't coach another English team. And there is actually kind of, you know, it's quite, it feels quite strange to think, but there are lots of figures, Pochettino included, who view him returning to Tottenham at, at some point in the future. Um, and I think yeah, it would be kind of uncomfortable to see him at Man United, but yeah, I mean, I think in a way he would fit Man United, but in a way he wouldn't because seeing that current squad, there are a lot of players that I think wouldn't really fit within a Pochettino system. Um, I mean, even Ronaldo, obviously Ronaldo, I'm sure he will work as hard as he can to fit any any manager. But I mean, at the end of the day, the kind of main principle of, of Pochettino is kind of aggressive pressing and, and that, that kind of philosophy. And, and that is the kind of weakest part of Ronaldo's game, obviously, with, with how strong all of his other elements are that is kind of the one thing that he doesn't have obviously because he's you know as good as he still is he's getting on a bit so you know, he doesn't really have the energy to, to to run and press for 90 minutes but um no i mean i think he, he he's obviously a good a good manager um but i think you'd need to see a lot of work done to kind of cater and i think that includes perhaps selling a lot of players which could be quite difficult because when he came in in dispers it was a lot it was a worse squad he did have to move a lot of players on who didn't quite see eye to eye with him. Even quality players like Kyle Walker, that's why he left, was because uh, he didn't quite see eye to eye with Pochettino. So I think it would be quite quite painful rebuild uh, almost, but yeah, I think he could do a good job. But there are, it's quite difficult because I think Ten Hag, is, as good a manager he is, he could maybe struggle in an environment outside of Ajax because Ajax is quite... I mean, it's quite tailored to to football uh, and and football only. Whereas I think Man United, there are a lot of things you need to need to think about and deal with because that's the kind of the scale of the club. It's quite a different environment. Um, Brendan Rodgers, I think Leicester is struggling quite a bit, and it would be quite difficult to see him moving on to a, to a club like uh, United. But I mean, even current managers who are available, um, 
perhaps uh, uh, Lucien Favre, who was the Dortmund manager, it, it could be quite unusual. But I think you, you look at characters, um, and I think especially that Jadon Sancho um, uh, signing. It was, I mean, it doesn't really seem to have worked out so far. But if you can get a manager like Favre, who really got a tune out of him, I think with an investment like seventy million, if you can try to get the most out of Sancho, I think you're just looking at already such a such a huge uh, improvement in the squad and uh, and he, it, it is very difficult because I, I don't i don't really see one uh, figure uh, leading the the pack at the moment so i'm really really interested in uh, in, in what happens but obviously i think the actual long term replacement won't, won't be until the end of the season so uh, maybe more managers will become available by then lloyd who's going to be the next man united manager do you think uh, I, I really don't know who it is going to be. I think, well, like after Port saying that, well, apparently that he wants to quit and go there, then like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Potts would would really do well then. I, 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 I really think I, I, it's very I different think, uh, it's like not, what he did with Spurs and so that. Yeah, it's not it's not dissimilar to PSG, and he's and he, I mean he's sort of struggled there. That's that's my that's my worry. But yeah, then like you. A, could... Yeah, Max said it. Like he's gonna go make Ronaldo press for ninety minutes. Like, like obviously for the team. Like if if that happened, if he got more press, then they would they would play a lot better. But it's like, would he be able to have that was control over them when he motivated them that much? Like I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if he will be able to get them to do that. Then like I think someone like Zidane. Like if he, if he goes there, like obviously he's coached Ronaldo before. Like I think. I think he's the one who can manage everyone and get the best out of everyone whilst also maintaining the dressing room. I just... My, my what about Arteta, Leon? Will you take Arteta? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. You bite your hand off Arteta now. No, absolutely no chance. <laughs> Leon, do you think do you think Arteta's better than Ollie? <laughs> no. Um, no, no, you're hot. Take it, um, take it. I, I, Awful. One literally doesn't have a oh, job anymore. Oh my goodness gracious me! That should be the end of the show. If if all he was in charge of Arsenal, he'd be getting him top four for the hour. Um, no. What? A tech would have get him relegated. A tech, a literally top four in League One, maybe. League challenge, right? Our Ted with your nice team would have had you challenging for the league. Yeah, right. Anyway, 100% he would have. My personal view is I'd love to see Potts. I think he's a great manager. Did an amazing job at Tottenham, considering the circumstances. Hasn't done too bad at PSG. Obviously, their aim is to win Champions League. Whether or not he'll do that, whether or not he is unhappy is to be known. He looks like he is the favourite. Personally, I hope we don't spend eight million in compensation fee to, to Leicester for Brendan Rodgers because, and it's nothing about him managing Liverpool in the past. Forget that. I just don't think he'd be the right fit. Don't get me wrong; he's done brilliant with with Leicester to some extent. He's got him challenging for the top four, but he has bottled it twice. Yes, he won the FA Cup and the Community Shield, and he's done very well in that aspect. But struggling in Europe this year. Doesn't look like they're going to get through into the Europa League. Probably going to drop into the Conference League. Struggled with Leicester. Got booed off the other day against Chelsea. So, probably wouldn't have him. Den Hag. I, I think Ten Hag would be a great manager for, for Man United. Obviously, done an amazing job at Ajax. Seen that in the Champions League as well. And, you know, outsiders. You know, you have got Luis Enrique, Spain coach. I think he's denied it. But... 
would have won him. Probably not. A Lopetegui was has been linked. Yeah, it, it, it's the gamble that we can't really afford to take. So you probably would play it safe with um, a Poch or a, a, De, a Ten Hag. But even with Zidane, I, and I keep telling you time after time, yeah, OK, Mr. Lopez probably say, well, Real Madrid has struggled in the past with it. But I guarantee, I'm not going to guarantee I think the majority of managers, if you give them the squad Real Madrid have the Galacticos, they would at least win the Liga and be at least in the semi-finals of the Champions League. So I, I just, <laughs> he, he's a good manager. I just, Vegas can't be choosers, Neil. Yeah, but I, I don't think you're he's also, an elite you're also manager. Saying, you're literally saying any other manager would have at least sent him in the semi-finals. Like, he didn't literally win it three times in a row. Yeah, I think being in the semi-finals and winning it three times in a row are quite different things. Yeah, but I, I don't think he's an elite manager. You give the majority of people, a prime Gareth Bale, Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously when he was in his elite as well. You've got Luka Modric, Tony Cruz, Marcelo, Varane, uh, Sergio Ramos. You have Mar- you, Marcelo, who else they have? They had, obviously, Benzema was playing brilliant as well, like he is now. So you had a lot of star quality in there. There was probably the best team in the world at that time. And so I, I just don't get why he's branded as an elite manager. Because they won it three times in a row. Three times in a row. <laughs> no team's done that for, like, how many odd years? It's like 40 or something. I, I just don't, I don't think he'd be right for it. It would be a good challenge for him. But like Mr. Lopez said, I think Lloyd just said it and Max, it's not about having the squad. It's about managing these players' egos. These, you know, their, their, their training regimes and stuff. It's not just about the tactics and stuff, is it? So... I don't think you could say he's not a top manager because I think to manage these people's egos is. I didn't say you, he's, he's a very he's, good manager. I wouldn't put him in he's the a fit. Bracket, though. He's a better fit for United than what she I don't think he is. I didn't think he's a great fit. So, why, so, what, so, what's the reason why you don't think Sedan is a, is a good is a big fit? Or a good fit, sorry. What's the reason for that? Where you make that sort of. I understand what you're saying. I first of, all, opinion, first of all, the Premier League's more of a challenge in the Liga. It's more of a challenge <laughs> than any league in the world, though, isn't it? So you can't really make that comparison. There's something about it that, don't get me wrong, I, I, I like it. Like it just doesn't fit. I, I just I don't like the idea of, of it. Don't get me wrong, I'd rather him over Ollie. I'm not saying I'd take Ollie. Take us played over Ollie. In terms of the scale of the jobs... And yeah, Zidane I, I, is so is so much is a much better fit having so much success. Another Poch, one of the biggest clubs Poch, in the world. Pochettino, I would put in that elite bracket as managers. Well, over Zidane. Over Zidane, hundred percent. What literally was Poch won? Like he's he's got like one like friends trophy like. Yeah, but that's what did you do that Tottenham team last season? Come so, so different. That's, that's, well, yeah, that's, you're you're not looking to do that either. You're not saying like you're, you're not, not saying like ten with a really good young promising team. He literally fits none of the criteria of that Spurs team and the Southampton team. I, like, I, it's a completely different job. Oh. It's very similar to what Zidane did, but now you're saying you don't like Zidane. It was easy Dude. winning three Champions Leagues in a row. You say it was easy. Yeah, he did have a, a squad that most managers probably could win the Champions League with. 
Most I would suggest all he's got a squad manage. at United that can win the league with. But he well, didn't. He most managers. You give Sam Allardyce that team, he's not going to win the Champions League. I'm sorry. I think he's a very, very good manager. But he's fit for a very different, very certain purpose, just like how Zidane is fit for a very certain purpose. Now, so and, and also, Leon, what well, you said earlier about United being this massive club, and they are a huge, huge club. I could never deny that. But who's the biggest named manager out there? I would say Zidane's probably, as a name, I don't as, think a, he's as a part. previous player... No, he's, yeah, Poch hasn't got a bigger reputation than Zidane, though, has he? And he would be the first to admit that. Well, Zidane's like, only because he's, he's an ex-player. Yeah, that's what I'm saying to you. Regardless of what you think, his his personality is huge. He's won World Cup, he's won Euros, he's won Champions well, why, League. His personality answer me this, because you'll know, you'll know as a player, why did why do you think Zidane Zidane didn't want to come to the Premier League as a player or a manager? I can't say that, but when, but when but what, he's won... Why, why, you're a massive fan of him. You think he's Massive, won, massive he's fan. Massive fan of him. Why do you think, as a player or manager, he didn't, he didn't want to come to the Premier League? I, I don't know. It could be the weather. I don't know what the reason is that he doesn't want to come to, to the Premiership. But I don't... I think Man United needs that huge presence. And what he will bring is a huge, huge presence into that dressing room. And people will look at him and say, wow. Like I think Max said or Lloyd just said about Ronaldo playing for him. And if he looks at him and says, wow... If you've got Ronaldo saying, wow, this is Zidane, possibly the best player the world has ever seen, in my opinion, real top, top draw player. I'm not saying he's the greatest manager in the world, but I think he's got that presence to drag United up because he is such a huge name. I think that's what you need. And it's I think a risk. A... But everyone's a risk at the moment. There's a risk. There's, there's no guarantees at the moment. You're in such a pickle. You, you've, got, you've got to take a risk, I think. I, I, I don't know. I, I understand what you're saying about he had a good squad. I've got no issue with that. For most managers, um, probably have. Pep has always had good squads. Klopp, to be fair, to be still had a good squad. So I think it's a bit harsh to say, oh, he had a good squad. Because that's. I, I don't even know. fancy Arteta to win at least the league and reach the semi finals with our Real Madrid team. But these different things, Leon, they're totally <laughs> different things. Well, you should focus on that now as well. <laughs> I just think, as a manager, the Champions League semi final and, and winning it three times in a row. Yeah, different But as a manager, as a Man United fan, big Man United fan, my personal view is I would rather put in charge of that. And it has got worse because Ed Woodward said he's going to stay on as executive vice chairman. I thought you could say he's manager then. He's well. manager. So I, it, the board is the biggest problem. You've only got to look at the Jesse Lingard situation where he looks like he's going to leave. He's only what played against West Ham in a Carabao Cup. So he's going to probably leave because of contract negotiations falling. But we are a mess at the minute. But hopefully Michael Carrick can be at the wheel. And we can get it back up there as well. And start off with a win against Villarreal tomorrow as well. And in the other three o'clock game, quickly, Wolves beat West Ham 1-0. While Jimenez is goal there, Daniel Podence with the assist there to get Wolves a big victory, which puts them above Man United into... Um, Sixth place as well then. It was one more game on Saturday. We'll get on to Arsenal. Um, it finished at Anfield. Liverpool 4, Arsenal 0. Another embarrassing defeat for Arteta. Um, probably the only good thing for Arsenal was his uh, heated uh, touchline debate. But you could even argue then that set the Liverpool fans off, which helped Liverpool. And obviously they give you a battering. So in some way, kind of may have not paid off but Marnie Sadio Marnie with one sorry goal. can I just interrupt they conceded one less goal than you and they, oh, were, they right. were away oh. sorry <laughs> Saudi Marnie with one goal and one assist Diego Jota getting his routine goal as well Mo Salah and Minamino coming off the bench to score 
as well. Trent Alexander-Arnold with two assists, which means since August 2018, he's got 38 assists, more than Kevin De Bruyne, Andy Robertson and Mo Salah. Um, as well, and you look at some of the stats, Mo Salah was the 100th Premier League goal that Liverpool scored against Arsenal. Only Newcastle with 105 of Liverpool scored more against. And that was Marnie's 20 set, uh, 20th assist with Salah. Only Steve McManaman and Robbie Fowler have combined with 24 more than him and Jota. That's five goals against Arsenal, the most by any other side. And Marnie's now scored five, eight against uh, Arsenal, five at Anfield, only 13 more goals against Crystal Palace is his um, record as well. One quick point do you want to say, Mo Salah man the match, probably not, could have given it to Marnie's yacht and Trent Alexander-Arnold, but for Liverpool, an amazing performance. But uh, Lloyd, Last night, Sunday night, alongside the uh, new episode of I'm a Celeb, Arteta out was trending on Twitter. Now, Piers Morgan, you know, some of you might know him, um, said, I'll read out what he said. Arteta's been in charge for over 100 games. He spent £150 million on players this summer, and we've been humiliated by every good Premier League side this season. He's not good enough for Arsenal, sorry. Arteta out. What have you got to say on Arsenal this week, then? I think I've already moved on from it. Like I think most most people the brain have. It was like like we've gone on this nice and beaten run. Everyone said like like you could say it was maybe a little bit overhyped. And then like I, I don't think is it, if if anyone genuinely thought we were going to go and beat Liverpool, then like there's way too high of an expectation. Like no one does that. Like I saw the stats and no one's when no one's beat them in Anfield, the big six teams. It was like 2016, and like. I've seen a lot of people say that. Oh yeah, at Anfield, like it's really hard Chelsea to beat. Chelsea not beat them when they won the league at Anfield. Then. I, I, I don't know. I just saw the stuff. Uh, <laughs> I saw those people say like, oh yeah, like got Burnley when it beat them. But it was like it was like doing that like doing that phase where it's just awful. It doesn't count. And also, there's no fans in the stadium. Yeah, exactly. Like, <clears throat> like it's it's probably the hardest stadium in Europe to go to and go, try and get a result and like. Well, like we like we lost. It was just a fair and square loss. Like, like yeah, we could have played a bit better. It was very disappointed, but like it's they're better than us. Like, I, I feel like the first half hour it was quite close. Like it, we were we were actually building up quite well, limiting them very good. We were very compact, very good. That was all. It was all very good. But then they got a they got the set piece goal, which was really annoying. That's very frustrating. And then second half, we kind of all just fell apart, but. But like they are just a good few levels ahead of us. Like I'm, I'm kind of glad it happened in a way, so people don't get that overhyped about us. Like we are still, we are still far off there. Like you look at their attackers when they have Sano and Mane, and then you look at ours when we have Lacazette or Bamiang. Who were like they were just awful. Like there were a lot of bad performances that game. But like you have Aubameyang, he contributes nothing really to our overall play, and then he, he can barely even finish his chances now. So. Like he he plays with a detriment to the team, and then he he can't even fulfil his role. Like we need to in the summer, we need to go. And, we, we can't cheap out now. We need to go and spend eighty odd million on a new striker who can who can drop deep. They can link up. They can finish their chances. They can they can do more than one one Arlen. thing. Oh, luckily we're going to qualify for the Champions League anyway. So. <laughs> They have, yeah. have to pull two hundred million pounds out of somewhere. Yeah, and I'd, I'd be City, Real Madrid, everyone else to sign in. So we had Martin Odegaard as well. 
Yeah, OK, fair enough. As well, but on Saturday that meant 30 goals were scored, the most on a single day since September the 26th, 2015, when 35 goals were scored. So uh, an amazing day of goals as well. There was two games on Sunday. Man City beat Everton 3-0. Raheem Sterling, it was a historic day for him because he became the fourth youngest player in Premier League history to reach 300 appearances as well behind Gareth Barry, James Milner and Wayne Rooney is the youngest as well and he scored as well. Rodri with an amazing strike and Bernardo Silva um, with his fifth, with exactly now 50 Premier League goal involvements from Man City, 25 goals, 25 assists and he is going back to his amazing form he showed in March 2018 with back-to-back um, league goals as well which was enough for Man City to get the three points and another assist for Yao Cancelo who's just been amazing this season as well but for Man City it is a bit of a blow that Alex's favourite player Kevin De Bruyne received a positive Covid test when he was in Belgium so can, I, the game can I just ask did Max or Lloyd watch that game? What? Did any of you t- Max or I know you were out playing football did Max or Lloyd watch that game? No the, I don't think no. I did watch that game Oh well I was just wondering because I said to Leon yesterday there was a incident when um, Sterling was given a penalty they looked back at it and said no fair enough and then he was given as a goal kick but then Silva got smashed under the foot, literally a clear, clear penalty. And what we could make up, or what Marvel said, is there's no way VAR could have looked at that because it was a definite penalty. So I was a bit confused. I was, I asked Leon, he didn't know, but it, you could have not given a penalty. He just kicked the underside of his of his foot. But because he delayed his reaction going down, and Neville said, well, VAR couldn't have looked at that because when you saw it in the replay, I don't blame the ref for missing it. It was a, it was a definite penalty, but it wasn't given. I don't know if anyone said anything about it after or anyone saw it. I just couldn't understand why they are wouldn't have given that. It was just it was a stone wall penalty. I, but no one seems to say anything about it. So I don't know what's perhaps because they won three 0 anyway, that didn't matter. But um I was just a bit confused on if you didn't see it, you can't answer my question either. <laughs> but as you said, as you said there, it didn't really affect the result because Man City won. 3-0. And then lastly in the Premier League, Tottenham um, got their first win under Antonio Conte in the Premier League, beating Leeds 2-1. That was despite Dan James putting Leeds ahead after 44 minutes. And then brilliant second half from Tottenham, Hoiberg and Regulon with the goals there. And I think it was a stat max at half time that said you was the first team since Optobagun um, getting Premier League shot data from 2003-04 to to go straight six halves without... Um, a single shot on target since West Ham um, and Man United and Leeds did it as well. So, well, in the past few games as well. But you must be surely pleased with the second half and uh, your new manager. I mean, brilliant performance. It was second half and you're now up above Man United into the European places. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very happy with that. Um, and I think, yeah, it was a, it was a marked improvement. Uh, obviously, a poor second half a poor first half followed up by a, an improved second half and um, obviously an important win. <clears throat> Very happy for Reggie as well, who has kind of been struggling for, for a period of time. Um, so hoping now that this is kind of a, a, a launching off point uh, for improved form. <clears throat> and, you know, I think the spirit, uh, uh, especially obviously, I'm mean, not sure exactly what we said at half time, but obviously that, that response uh, is really nice to see. Uh, and obviously, you know, just hoping the players are feeling encouraged uh, uh, to to go and, and be better now. Um, 
And I think one of the things that I took away and I, I was very happy to see was um, <clears throat> the stat that Spurs actually outran Leeds across the game, which, I mean, you know, if you're not familiar with Leeds, that is one of their, you know, strong points uh, is that they, they they run a lot. And, and the fact that Spurs, who I think, I'm not sure it, exactly when, what period in the, in the league, but for, for, I mean, the majority, the start of the competition, the Premier League this season, Spurs were actually the, the team that ran the least out of, it, of all the teams, which is, is pretty terrible to see. But obviously seeing it in this game, that improvement is really, really nice to see. And it's kind of a testament to the to the improvement that Conte has made and, and his training as well and, and, the, and the system he's introduced. So that's that one thing that, that I took away from it that was really encouraging. Um, as well, a bit of a quiz question mainly for you, Alex. Dan James obviously scoring for Leeds. He's the fifth player to score for both Leeds and Man United in the Premier League. Do you think you can name the four? I got two of them. Alan Smith. Yeah, I didn't get that. Good shout. Oh, that's be many players play for United. It's an obvious one. No, not off the top of my head. There's not many players that have. Play for the United and Leeds. One, one got banned for a famous incident. Oh, Cantona. Yeah. <laughs> Should have got that one. That was obvious. Do you know the um, other two? Gordon Strachan? No. Gordon Strachan haven't scored for Leeds or Man United? Or in, in the Premier, Premier League, was it? Sorry, Premier League. Um, I'll kick myself and <laughs> I don't know. I, I will know them. Yeah, go on. Rio Ferdinand. Oh, yeah. yeah, and Lee Sharp. Lee Sharp, yes, we should have got there. That's a good question, though, is because there's not many that have swapped the divide, really. Is it? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, should have got that. It. Good question. Yeah, poor knowledge, yeah, as well. But that was it from week 12 of the Premier League. So this table, obviously, everyone playing 12 games. Um, as well, Chelsea top on 29, only lost one. And then you've got Man City 26, Liverpool 25, West Ham 23 as the top four. Arsenal in the Europa League group stage spot in uh, with 20 points. Then Wolves on 19, Tottenham 19 in the European places. Man United dropped down to eighth on 17 points, the same amount as Brighton. Then Crystal Palace 16, Everton 15, Leicester 15. Southampton 14, Brentford and Aston Villa and Watford all on 13, Leeds on 11, Burnley on 9, Norwich 8 and Newcastle, the only team in the 92 not to win a game on 6. Quickly, Alex, Leeds, could they go, uh, sorry, Lloyd, could Leeds quickly go down? Can you see them? Uh, well, at the moment, yeah, but like, I feel like once they get their players back from injury, they'll definitely do a lot better. We do. And then quickly before we let Alex have his fame about Cardiff. The fixtures for next week. Arsenal against Newcastle, half 12 on BT. The three o'clock games, Crystal Palace, Aston Villa, Liverpool, Southampton, Norwich Wolves. And then at half five on Sky, Brighton leads. Sunday, half of the games are on Sunday, actually. Two o'clock on Sky, Brentford, Everton. Also at two o'clock, Burnley, Tottenham, Leicester, Watford and Man City, West Ham. And then the other Sky game is the big one at Stamford Bridge between uh, table toppers Chelsea and strugglers Man United at half four on Sky. Quickly, start with you, Lloyd. Confident against Newcastle, bottom of the table. Uh, yeah, yeah, like I'm, I am confident. Bruce said we quite confident against it, but then it's like I don't know. Uh, well, when Eddie Howe be there for? No, he's not. Not for the. Oh, good. Oh, we'll, we'll win then. Brilliant. <laughs> 
I'd, I'd, on, on his first game, that's a guaranteed win. So I'm glad he's not coming against us. <laughs> and Max, can you stop the uh, Maxwell's Cornet high flying Burnley? <clears throat> um, I mean, I'd, I'd hope so. Uh, quite a different game to to Leeds. Um, so yeah, I would like to see uh, an improvement, and obviously, hopefully, uh, an improvement from our attacking players like Hurricane and Son. Um, uh, Harry Kane particularly having a quite difficult start to the season. And Alex, don't you Man United? Can Michael Carrick defeat Chelsea? You would say no, but <clears throat> football doesn't work like that, does it? Yeah, of course they got a chance for beating Chelsea, but no, I can't. It won't mean nothing to do with Michael Carrick if if they do, but um, I just think you've got to go there and give it a go. But no, at the moment, I I can't see anyone beating Chelsea. To be fair, because I think Man City went there and totally dominated them, but everyone else they seem to be sweeping aside with 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 ease. So. I would I would go for a Chelsea win there without conceding. Fair enough as well. And finally, well, there you have your fame with the EFL as well with the results. Championship on Friday, QPR beat Luton two 0 rattling through the games on Saturday. Nil nil between Sheffield United and Coventry. One one Bristol City Blackburn. Fulham getting another big victory beating Barnsley 4-1. Huddersfield shocking West Brom one nil. Hull beating Birmingham City two nil. One one team Middlesbrough. And Millwall, the same school, I'm between Swansea and Blackpool. And then it was wins for, obviously, Cardiff away at Preston, 2-1. 1-1 between Reading and Nottingham Forest. And 2-0 Stoke against Peterborough. And then dropping down to the League 1 and 2 um, at some of the results. Sheffield Wednesday getting an impressive 3-2 victory at Accrington. 2-0 wins for Charlton Crew and Sunderland against Plymouth, Shrewsbury and Ipswich. Charlton winning 2-1. 0-0 between Doncaster and Lincoln. More coming in with Fleetwood. MK Dons winning 1-0. Uh, Wickham beating Bolton 1-0. They're big game towards the top. Rotherham beating Cambridge 3-0. And Wigham-Oxford was postponed due to co- um, sorry positive COVID tests. Uh, five positive COVID tests in the Oxford camp um, as well. And in League 2, um, Newport County lost their big derby game at Rodney Prey 2-1 to Swindon Town. And then the others, Crawley win away at Barrow 1-0. There was uh, away wins for Salford at Harrogate 2-0. Um, also, not many away wins. Forest Green win away at Hartlepool. And then there was draws between Bradford and Northampton 1-1. 2-2, Bristol Rovers, Tranmere. And then finally, Oldham beat Port Vale 3-2. Stevenage beat Colchester 1-0. And there was 0-0 between... Walsall on Rochdale and sorry on Sunday there was one of the shock results of the championship and that was Derby County beating Bournemouth 3-2 Tom Lawrence with two late goals there to get um, Derby a three points and takes them on to zero points now obviously during the international break we're docked a further nine so been docked 21 points this season but they are now on zero points but I suppose that's before we talk about Cardiff, you wanted to give a lot of credit to Wayne Rooney because obviously he has turned down the Man United job, but he has done a, an amazing job at Derby despite all the problems. I've got to say, I think he's gone under the radar. I think he's been absolutely first class because, you know, like you said, they lost a lot of players. They didn't have like a more than 10 special players there, did they, registered at the start of the season? They, I think he's done an absolute fantastic job for you know, bearing in mind, I don't know what 21 points where they they were they would be in the table if I had 21 points, but you know, wow, I think he's done fantastic. They would, they, would be, they would be in 16th above Cardiff, 
six yeah. months above Peter Bryan of allegations on. You know, he's done an absolute fantastic job. They've lost players. They didn't have players signed. They had to play youngsters. They've had injuries. They've had suspensions. They've had point deductions. I think he's handled himself absolutely brilliantly. And yeah, I give him a lot of credit. And I am surprised United just didn't say to him, do you want to take it on to the end of the season? Again, it's a big step from Derby. But I think what he's done is definitely deserved a, a, a crack. And I think if he does manage to keep Derby up, which I... I Think is near on impossible. He, I think he's he's walked into another job after after this season. If he if he wants one, definitely hundred percent. But were your club Cardiff obviously after going behind to Maguire not high Maguire after two minutes um, as well? He come from behind McGuinness and James Collins with his first Cardiff goal as well. Obviously during the international break as well, you've said that Steve Morrison's going to be taking over till the end of the season, your under-23 manager. First of all, you see that uh, Steve Morrison's going to be at the wheel? I, I'm pleased he's been given an opportunity because we're in such a pickle at the moment. Um, a bit like United, not on the same scale, but I think the club's not being run properly. Some of our managerial appointments have been a bit dodgy, to say the least. So, um, yeah, I give him a chance. He can't do any worse. He'll bring a lot of youngsters in, which Again, you know, I don't know if you saw the highlights, but he, he played Zimba yeah. up front and he struggled because it's, it's hard playing up front for Cardiff because you don't get much service. But he battled, he battled, took him off half time and apparently he was happy to come off, changed the game completely. And I think, you know, tomorrow I would suggest we got, oh, sorry, Wednesday against Hull, we should be trying to look to play Kiefer Moore and Collins together as a pair, which we haven't done all season. So give it a go. You know, I'm not saying we're going to do anything this year. Because he wasn't on the I bench. don't know. Again, it's one of these strangers who keep him on. No one said a word about it. Didn't say he was suspended. I know he hasn't been vaccinated, which again I find a bit weird because, like I was saying to you, what happens now if Wales do qualify for the World Cup and you can't go to Qatar if you're not double vaccinated? So I'm a bit confused about about all this. But no one said a word about it. No one said where he was. I, I, it wasn't even like, oh, he's injured or he's pulled hamstring or he's got a toe injury. So. I don't know. Perhaps he was having a day off. I don't know. Perhaps he was with all these players having a bit of a jacuzzi or something. I'm, I'm not really sure. But um, no, he didn't play. So apparently he's due back tomorrow. And so if he can play him and Collins against Hull Tuesday, sorry, Wednesday, and if we can get a win there, it makes that position look a lot, lot more healthy than it did uh, three weeks ago. <laughs> but then finally on Fulham, Mitrovic has now scored in each of his last seven championship appearances. The first player since Jordan Rhodes did it for Blackburn between December 2012 and February 2013. He looks like he's going to smash Ivan Tony's record from oh, last year. and he's Just ridiculous. Just, it's just, just unbelievable. Do you think it. Fulham will go on and break Newcastle's 103 points record this season? No, I don't think they will because they will they will go through a stage where they'll lose games because the championship is stupid and it's crazy and it's madness. So, no, I don't think they will beat Newcastle's record, but I... I think Mitrovic could end up getting over 50 goals the way he's going, which would which would be insane for the for the championship because I just he doesn't look like and he they must create so much with their with their squad they've got. You would you would fancy him to break the the, the possibly the whole league's record for, in one season. I don't know what the league record is completely um, probably going back hundreds of years, but um, I think he could end up smashing him. He doesn't look like he's, he's going to stop scoring. And you know, he hasn't been booked much this year as well, which is unusual for him. He's always yeah. fighting, isn't he? And getting in trouble and doing silly things. So I think he's controlled that side of his game. So yeah, he, he looks unstoppable at the moment, I got it. As well. And finally, for you, uh, before we end, it was the news just before we come on and said that Gareth Southgate has officially signed a new contract as England manager until December 2024. Lloyd, do you think that's a boost for England going into the World Cup? 
they could probably do better, but like, yeah, he's, he's, he's all right. How well they do you think you do a club level, do you think? Uh, I think Man United should give it a try. <laughs> no. You're all right, thanks. Um, as well, but that's it for the St. Martin's football show. As you said, very busy show. Slaughter in Man United, but we'll be back next week to look back at the uh, European action, something Arsenal won't know about um, for now anyway, at least. Um, as well as the Champions League, Europa League and Conference League, as well as the Premier League, the big game at Stamford Bridge between Chelsea and Man United and the EFL with Cardiff. Hopefully for you, Alex, getting two wins midweek and on the weekends um, as well. But all is left to say is Ollie's no longer at the wheel. He's give it to Michael Carrick now. So thank you for listening and goodbye. Every time you come around, you know I can't say no. Every time the sun goes down, I let you take control. I can feel the paradise before my world implodes. And tonight had something wonderful. My bad habits lead to late. Sending alone, come
conversations with a stranger I barely know Swearing this will be the last But it probably won't I got nothing left to lose Or use Or do my bad habits lead to I hate I 